0: Let me add to what already has been said. As we opened up in our worship, it's so such a blessed time, and so uh, good to be together. We have this time during our worship. We'll focus where we focus on the Lord's uh, message to us, His Word, the Holy Scriptures. The theme this morning is "Don't be a thief." Don't be a thief. Jesus often used the idea of thievery to motivate us. Like in Matthew 6 and 19 and 20, he said, If you lay up your treasures in heaven, then there thieves will not break through and steal, and neither will moth corrupt or rust corrupt. And you remember that Jesus, as he gives us the story of the Good Samaritan, the idea there was that a man fell among thieves and was robbed and beaten. And a certain Samaritan came and helped uh, him in his difficulty. Don't be a thief. I want us to do two things together this morning. First, I want us to notice various ways in which we can become uh, being a part of thievery, become a thief, various ways. And then notice some uh, remedies, some things that can help us uh, to keep our lives uh, on focus with God. First, some various ways in which we can uh, become a thief. First, obviously, if we take that which does not belong to us, uh, something physical, then of course uh, God's uh, policy is that we should not do that. Ephesians chapter 4, uh, 28 says, Let him who stole steal no more, but rather let him labor with his hands that which is good, so that he may have wherewith to give to him who is in need. Romans 2 and verse 21, Paul's asked a couple of questions there. He says, do you teach against stealing? And then do you steal yourself? Uh, He's pointing out the ideal of being consistent in our lives. Romans 13, 8 through 10 uh, brings up several ideas about um, stealing. Romans 13, verse 10 says... um, that we ought not to do any ill to our neighbor. Love does not do that. Love does not do any wrong to his neighbor because love is the fulfillment of the law. The Apostle Paul in Philippians 4 and verse 8 says, we ought to think on things which are honest, things which are honorable, things which are just. And so obviously the first way is to simply take that which does not belong to us. Many years ago when we were in college, I heard um, a news clip about how that um, every year among, in those days, it was mainly grocery stores, you know, before Walmart became giant and others became giant. But in those days, in the grocery store days, every year, 500,000 shopping carts were stolen every year. 500,000. Can you imagine someone taking off with a a shopping cart. Of course, as you know, the the crime of shoplifting is in the billions of dollars. We've been blessed to watch uh, children grow up through uh, Bible, camp and, Bible camp and seeing them uh, throughout the years. And one girl that, uh, that we know, she is from um, Whitwell. Uh, Tennessee. Uh, but I caught up with her a few years ago and what she was doing, she was simply a person walking around in Walmart. Her job for six hours a day was to walk around and watch for shoplifters. And she did not have weapons. Uh, she did not um, she didn't have the authority to arrest anybody, but she had uh, she was hired to report what she was seeing and to take pictures. Of what she was seeing. She was hired by, by Walmart to do that. She may be still doing that for all I know. And so, first of all, just simply taking that which does not belong to us uh, would be a part of being part of this, uh, violating this principle of God. Honesty is not just the best policy, it is God's uh, policy. A second way to be involved in thievery is to mess with someone else's property to manipulate somebody else's property. Jesus condemned the Pharisees in Luke 20, verse 47, because they devoured widows' houses. Somehow or another, they, they in their schemes took possessions or uh, ran widows away from their houses. In, back in Proverbs 22, verse 8, an interesting, interesting command given there. In Proverbs 22, verse 8 says, Remove not the ancient landmarks, Remove not the ancient landmarks. That is, people in olden days, they would mark their property with, with a stone or with a stick or a log. And then some dishonest people, neighbors or whatever, would move those landmarks in order to take in more property than what would belong to them. And so to, to manipulate, to mess with somebody else's property is part of being a, a thief You see, it is not true that that finders are the keepers. That's not true. The right thing to do is when we find something is to find uh, the rightful owner and work very hard to get it back to the rightful owner. It's also very wrong to take someone else's property and dispose of it and to throw it away. There's no situation where uh, that would be right at all. That would be wrong in God's sight. A third way in which to become a thief uh, is to have dishonest, uh, have a dishonest work ethic. Uh, an honest day's work for honest day's pay is simply just how it ought uh, to be. That's what the Bible uh, encourages. That's that's the honest way to go about it, and and vice versa for the for those who would employ somebody to make sure that they're giving a fair wage for. Those who are working. This is what is condemned in James 5 and verse 4. James 5 verse 4 where the, um, James says um, that the wages, he says, he, the warning is to rich men. He says, uh, don't heap to yourself riches because the wages of those who are working in your fields because of your fraud the wages of those who worked in your fields are calling out to the Lord. Calling out to the Lord. The Lord is very much aware of what we do uh, with our money. And so uh, James is giving that warning to, uh, to rich people. And then to another way to be involved in thievery is to misrepresent uh, what is actually so. To misrepresent the facts is really just uh, thievery. You remember reading in in Matthew chapter two how that the uh, Herod was all of a sudden uh, interested in um, this King of the Jews. The wise men came seeking the King of the Jews, and um, he encouraged them. You go find out exactly what time and where. This, this king of the Jews is and come back and tell me because I want to worship him also. And of course we read that and we say, well, that sure, Herod, we, we know what you want with the child. We know what, what you want. Okay. But he's misrepresenting his intentions. Okay. Unless you have been in some hole the last few years, you understand that what is now reported to us in the majority of the time through media is a tremendous misrepresentation of what it actually is. And so that is thievery, thievery of people's thoughts, thievery of people's times, and oftentimes thievery of people's own money and their own lives. Now, to just move along in this idea of how that a person can be involved in, in thievery, I want you to think about gossip. Gossip. First Timothy five and verse 13 and 14, Paul condemns those who would go about, go about from house to house as talebearers. Okay? The first problem was they become idle. They're not working with their hands, that which is good. They've they become idle. And that, that turns, most of the time, idleness turns into tailbearing. Okay. And our situation today with the abundance of social media has made it easier, has not discouraged uh, tailbearing. Now you don't have to physically go from house to house. You just go from house to house. And there's still a lot of tailbearing gossip. That is stealing. I think it, it's, it's in the old literature of our country, old literature of English language, it may have been Shakespeare, but it was said one time in the old literature that if one steals my purse, then he is basically just taking some trash. But if one takes my good name, he has taken that which is mine and not his, and It has left him or her none the richer, but it has left me poor indeed. I believe that's a tremendous summary of what gossip does. It leaves the gossiper none the richer, but the victim is left poor indeed. Because they're seeking to take his good name, his good name. A good name is tied to character and character is tied to influence. When somebody is involved in gossiping or receiving that which is gossip, just as bad, just as wrong, receiving that which is not factual, okay, receiving that which is talebearing, when you're involved in that, then you are, you are damaging, sometimes destroying a person's character and destroying the influence they could have had for God. There was a farmer years ago in the old days of our country who was taking the money he'd made on his farm and going to take it into town to the bank, had it in a sack, traveling in a very rural area. Here come some robbers. And they approached his little buggy, wanting his money. He explained to those robbers, he said, Boys, I'll tell you, all I've got to leave my two sons is my good name. That's all I'm going to be able to leave them is my good name. If I let you have this money, some may doubt that I did this or that with the money. And then that would destroy my good name. He said, therefore, for you to get this money, you're going to have to shoot me. I believe that illustrates the importance of a good name, the importance of passing on a good name, and especially not diminishing someone's good name through gossip. Another way of being involved in thievery is through the the committing of fornication. Fornication. Fornication is premarital, premarriage sex and extramarriage sex beyond the husband and wife. Okay, this is stealing what it belongs, what God has placed in the home between a man and a wife. He's stealing it. You remember in Genesis 39 that Joseph was strongly approached by Potiphar's wife. And he explained to Potiphar Potiphar's wife, that your husband has made me his right-hand man. He has all that he owns, he has placed under my hand. None is greater than me in this house. And by the way, you are his wife. You are his wife, Genesis 39, 7 nine. You are his wife. We must learn very, very early on that there are some things in life that does not belong to us. And another person's wife, either in future prospect or in current prospect, does not belong to us, and neither does a husband. That is stealing. And then another way of being involved in thievery is to rob God. Malachi 3, verse 8, to rob God. The charge came through the prophet that some in his day were robbing God. And they said, how are we robbing God? And Malachi said, through your offerings and through your tithes, through your giving, you have robbed God. The same can happen today. According to 1 Corinthians 16, verses 1 and 2, we are to give as we prosper. We are robbing God, number one, if we don't give as we are prospered. Number two, we rob God if we don't increase our giving whenever our means increase. If the income, income increases in our houses at any point, that means our giving is to increase. We rob God whenever we give out of one income when there may be two incomes or more incomes, two or more incomes in the house. We rob God if we only give out of one income instead of the two that's being brought in. We rob God also if we don't make it up. You know, it's, it's one thing to travel. Okay. It's one thing to have to miss from time to time because of various circumstances. But God fully expects us to be faithful in our giving on the first day of the week. And we miss, we, we need to come back. We must come back and make it up. We rob God if we don't do this. And I would say that you can become part of thievery as well whenever you take somebody else's life. I believe that's another way of robbing God. Isn't it God, Acts 17, 24, and 25, isn't it God who gives to all? He is giving to all. He gives to all life, breath, and all things. Life itself is a gift from God. To take that life is to steal something from God. Would you agree that every life that comes to this earth, regardless of how that life gets here, every life that comes to this earth is purposed by God in His mind that that life would bring glory to Him. And to take that life is to take something away from God. You are robbing God of that glory and the goodness behind that life. Suppose this. Suppose someone moved in next to you, a man who was a known killer. For some reason or another, he's just not had to go to jail, but he's a known killer. He's even he even talks about how that he has done other people in because he felt like it was the thing that needed to happen. What would your trust level be towards your neighbor? It would go up or down? You know it would go down. Is it any different with those who promote abortion? Should it be any different? Isn't that not just outright murder? It is. Do they not just talk about it as if it was something as if it was something that just should be done and ought to be done and has a right to be done, they do. Then why would we put any trust in those people who promote such? And yet those who come to us with all their great suggestions through mainstream media, every single one of them are for abortion. Every single one of them are. Why would we put trust? Why, why would we even for a second say, hey, I need to listen to that fellow? We're going to move now to to the second part of our lesson, which is to simply think about some remedies that can help the world and certainly can help each of us to stay on focus with God. First of all, the idea of restitution, restoring, needs to be emphasized. You remember when Jesus went to Zacchaeus' house? Well, Zacchaeus found Jesus as he climbed that a sycamore tree, and he came to Jesus when they finally talked to each other. and He said, half of my goods. Now, Zacchaeus was a tax collector. He said to Jesus, half my goods I give to the poor. How many can say that? Half my goods I give to the poor. And if I find out that I have defrauded anybody, I restore to them, notice, I restore to them fourfold. We need to remember that if we ever either by accident or otherwise take from somebody else, we must work to restore, to practice the idea of restitution. I heard years ago a true story of a man who worked as a butcher. This is before he became a Christian and sometimes, as he weighed out meat for, for people, he would, in a very sneaky way, he would put his thumb on the scale so that he could actually charge them more than what the meat actually weighed. Later, he became a Christian. And he sought in his mind, how can I restore? And so, as someone would come into his butchery shop and get meat, after he became a Christian, when he would realize oh, there's one that I, that I defrauded, he would give them extra meat, um, more than what it would actually cost them, in an effort to try to restore to them the things that he had taken uh, from them. All across the board, we need to emphasize the idea of restoration, idea of restitution And then the second thing that can help all of us is to readjust, maybe even reevaluate our values. Readjust our values. The world seems to scream at us that money equals success. The world seems to scream at us that money equals happiness. And we know better than that. We know We know better. Jeremiah chapter 9, 23 and 24 says uh, to the rich man, Do not boast in your riches, but if you're going to boast about anything, boast about this, that you know the Lord and that you understand Him. That is, that you're right with God. Success equals having a heart for God and being right with Him. That's what success is. That's what true joy is. Think a minute for about the fellow we read about in Acts chapter 8, the, the Ethiopian eunuch. He was a treasurer for the queen. He was not a king. He was not the son of a king or queen. But we can imagine for sure that financially he was not hurting He was in a pretty high position. And yet, as he returned and Philip met him, he learned the truth about Jesus. They both went down into the water. Philip baptized him. And then, notice in Acts 8 39, the eunuch went on his way rejoicing. Now, now he has found it. Now he's found joy now he has found success so perhaps we need to readjust our values and then we need to remember this that honesty begins in the home it's so very difficult not impossible but it's so very difficult to be truly honest unless you're taught that from the from from knee high up, from knee high to an ant, knee high to a giraffe, how they say it, from very young upward to be taught about honesty. One lady who was a, also a school teacher, she posted in her house all over the place the word honesty everywhere, refrigerator mirrors. And she kept that word honesty in her classroom on the, on the school board as well, on the board in her classroom. She just kept it. When it had to be erased, she made sure it, it got back up there. Just honesty, honesty, honesty. One of our teachers uh, in school told about how that they were traveling down an old country dirt road one time. And over to the right was obviously a, a household that didn't have a lot. And they had chickens running everywhere. It just so happened that as they passed by, one of the chickens ran out in the road and was run over by their car. He said that his dad stopped, got out and went to the front door of the house and said, I just hit one of your chickens and I want to pay you uh, for this. Obviously one of the means of making it in their household was uh, their chickens and the sale of their eggs. We had a situation in when we lived in Jackson, Tennessee when our um when our girls were young. I'm trying to remember if Anna was even born at that time. We lived in some apartments And our apartment at that time was on the very side of the apartment complex. And so as you got to our apartment and you rode down the little road to get to our apartment, on the right side was just a field and a little curb area. And then on the left side was all the apartments. We lived on on the side of the apartments. So... um, There was a lot of college students in that apartment complex and a couple of the guys every once in a while late on a Friday or Saturday night they loved to use that little area you know our little road area since it was just a straight shot they loved to use that area as um, just to speed up and go especially if it was wet they loved to they loved to rear up their, uh, their truck and then throw it into D and then take off and let their back end of their truck just kind of swerve back and forth and then straighten it back up and then get back to the back areas of the apartment complex and yahoo, they've had a good time. One late Saturday night, a fellow in a red truck was doing this and he lost control And he rammed into not only our van, but our neighbor's classic Camaro. Scattered a huge amount of noise. Late, it had to be close to 11 midnight. Scattered glass, totaled both vehicles. He left the scene. By the time we got out there to see what was going on, us and our neighbors, the fellow had left the scene. We knew it was the red truck. He left the scene, so we called the police and we got a wrecker out there and both vehicles and all that was cleaned up that very night. Taken somewhere. Next morning at 7 a.m., knock on our door. It was the young fellow with his dad young fellow was shaking. He was shaking. I was so nervous. He looked at me and he said, I think or I thought I hit a car here last night. He said, I accidentally hit it. And his dad looked at me and he said, If you'll tell me where those vehicles are, I want to go look at them. We're going to, we're going to make restitution. We're going to, pay. we're going to pay for this. His dad was doing right. The boy should have never left. The boy should have been able to do it on his own, but his dad was at least doing right to have him come over and to show up like he did. Certainly, remedies would include restitution, re-looking at our values, and begin make sure that we're teaching these very important down-home, honest principles in our home, From very, very young upward. And we need to make sure we have these principles set in concrete. Too often in our day, people begin to look at the end of something. They've got a certain goal in mind. And they say, well, as long as I get to my end, that justifies my means, however I get there. And sometimes those means are not the most most honest means in the world. So this morning the Bible definitely teaches let him who stole steal no more. In no way, form, or fashion do we want to be involved in thievery. We want to be right uh, with God. Maybe it is that you've been taking from God too long. Maybe you've been taking advantage of the time He has given you Maybe you've been taking advantage of all the blessings He's given you. Maybe it's time to stop robbing God. Come home to Him. The best life possible is to live for Him. Be right with Him. You know down deep in your soul that all is good. Would you come right now as we stand together, as we sing?